Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM and CFRC.ca, brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. Alexandra Fernandez, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Christina Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Erica Singh, and Mary McKetty. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here are your local news headlines. Last night, Kingston City Council met for a special meeting to discuss several things, but most interestingly, the discussion about Kingston bidding to host the 2024 Memorial Cup. The recommendations brought to Council suggest that Council approve in-kind contributions equivalent to approximately $374,000, which offsets facility and equipment rental fees, staffing costs, and enhanced and extended municipal services across city departments, should Kingston be selected as a successful host city, and that a total of up to $261,000 for the Memorial Cup be incorporated in the 2024 Municipal Operational Budget funded from the working fund reserve or other available funding sources with no direct impact on the property tax rate. This would make Kingston's total bid approximately $635,000. Kingston City Council unanimously voted yes to place the bid to host the 2024 Memorial Cup during last night's meeting. The Memorial Cup has an approximate budget of $13.5 million and is expected to bring in 55,000 spectators with an economic impact of $20.4 million. This would help local businesses as many attendees would be visiting Kingston and staying in local hotels and accommodations. The restaurant industry would also benefit from this, especially after a tough two to three years of the pandemic impacting restaurants on and off. The results of the bid will be announced in March of 2023. In other news, No Clear Cuts Kingston has asked Federal Minister of Environment and Climate Change Stephen Gilbolt to conduct an impact assessment on the risks the proposed tannery development places on local areas of federal responsibility. The tannery site is beside the rideau Cataraqui River, which is a National Historical Site of Canada, a National Historic Park, and a Canadian Heritage River. It is inscribed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Carrie Hill, retired biologist from No Clear Cuts Kingston, says No Clear Cuts decided to ask for a federal impact assessment after seeking advice from an environmental lawyer. We realized that a federal waterway, water lots, and species protected under federal law could be negatively affected and that the federal government has an interest and responsibility to look into this. The aggressive remediation plans for the site, cutting down 1,800 trees, digging up and exporting 400,000 tons of earth, bring into question the safety of the river itself and the animals and plant life that depend on it. The development proposal needs to be assessed under federal legislation, including the Fisheries Act, the Species at Risk Act, and the Migratory Birds Convention Act. Also, given that Indigenous representatives were not consulted by the City of Kingston regarding the enormous impact of the proposed tannery development on nearby Bell Island, a sacred Indigenous place, No Clear Cuts believes that the federal government needs to intervene to protect their physical and cultural heritage, as well as their human rights. No Clear Cuts has copied its impact assessment requested letter. No Clear Cuts has copied its impact assessment request letter to the Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations, the Minister of Fisheries, Oceans and Canadian Coast Guard, the Minister of Transport, Mark Gerritsen MP, John Bolognone, City Clerk, and the Chiefs of Alderville First Nation and the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinty. In partnership with the Ontario Law Enforcement Torch Run, the Kingston Police will be hosting the 2023 Kingston Polar Plunge at Confederation Place Hotel 
at 237 Ontario Street on Sunday, February 12, 2023, to raise awareness and funds for the athletes and families of Special Olympics Ontario. This nonprofit organization helps provide quality sports and training programs for children, youth, and adults with an intellectual disability that are only possible through the generous donations that are raised at events such as the Polar Plunge. Register yourself, a team, or donate in support of those already jumping. As always, Kingston Police will have a dedicated team, hashtag Freezen for a reason, to brave the cold to support Special Olympics, the charity of choice for law enforcement across Ontario as well as internationally. For those participating, registration is from 10 to 11.30 a.m. at the Confederation Place Hotel, with the actual plunging starting on Crawford Wharf at the bottom of Brock Street at 12 p.m. Again, this is happening on Sunday, February 12th. Spectators are encouraged to attend and cheer on the plungers. Don't forget your camera. You can go to soopolarplunge.crowdchange.ca for more information and to register or donate. Thank you in advance for your support. It's a new year and the wilderness are hitting the ground running with an exciting and unique show at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts on January 27th, 2023. After an ambitious touring schedule in 2022, including approximately 50 shows in six provinces from Golden, British Columbia to Happy Valley Goose Bay in Newfoundland and Labrador, the wilderness took some well-deserved downtime to close out the year, but are back and ready to rock starting with the most unique show that they've ever played. Inspired by the elegance of the Isabel Bader Center, an atypical venue for a rock ensemble like the Wilderness, the band will be accompanied for by a, scrin- by a string quartet consisting of Dan School heavyweights Peter Walk and Callie Jeneroux on violins, Emma Bacon on the viola, and Will Smith on the cello. And Will Smith on the cello and Will Smythe on the cello, embracing the classical sound which often fills the Isabel's halls and bringing their own rock and roll energy and attitude to the highly acclaimed stage. This unique show will offer new interpretations of the wilderness's material, primarily arranged by their saxophonist and fellow dance school alumni, Nicholas Lennox, that won't be heard anywhere else. The audience can expect many fan favorites to be played, as well as some lesser-known earlier material, and several unreleased songs which fans can look forward to hearing on their second studio album expected to be released later this year. Those are your local news headlines for today and now we are going to throw it over to Erica Singh with our Campus Corner. Hello and welcome to Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh and here are your campus news headlines for today. Queens has released its 2021 to 2022 Equity, Diversion, Inclusion, and Indigenization and the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's Task Force Implementation Reports, which shows the progress Queens has made to create a more equitable and inclusive campus community, according to the reports. The past academic year saw the implementation of several initiatives to foster a more diverse and inclusive environment including the hiring of women, indigenous, and radicalized faculty members at rates that exceeded their workforce availability. Queens joined more than 40 universities and colleges across Canada as a signatory of the Scarborough Charter, which is designed to move past post-secondary institutions beyond rhetoric and to more concrete actions to address anti-black racism and promote black inclusion. The university also expanded initiatives to recruit, retain, and support students from equity-deserving groups through expanded outreach, additional financial aid, and tailored support services. In other news, 
Human Resources at Queen's University has launched a new certificate program called Enhancing Well-Being and Preventing Burnout, aimed at helping managers lead healthy and well teams at work. The certificate program is available at no cost and features five online courses that cover a wide range of topics related to burnout prevention and well-being. The courses will be offered virtually in winter 2023, with additional offerings anticipated for later this year. Registration for the program and individual courses is available on the HR intranet, and questions about the program can be directed to employee wellness services. Next, contractors working on the JDOC have announced that they will be conducting intermittent rock breaking at the site, which started yesterday at 8 a.m., and will continue for the rest of the week. The rock breakings for a tunnel which goes into the arc. The university apologizes for any inconvenience this necessary work may cause, and more information on the JDOC revitalization project can be found online. In other news, Queen's University announced that it will use the 2022-2023 Queen's National Scholar Program, or QNS, to enhance its Indigenous Studies program by reserving four leading Indigenous scholar positions, including a newly established chair in Indigenous Studies that will provide critical leadership in bolstering Indigenous Studies at Queen's. The Queen's National Scholar Program has been used to attract emerging leaders to Queen's who can strengthen academic programs through research and provide rich learning opportunities for the university students. The university also announced that the QNS process will run in tandem with the work currently underway to develop an Indigenous identity and verification policy to confirm the eligibility of clients as rights-bearing Indigenous people before any new hires are completed. Next, students and faculty at the Queen's School of Computing are complaining that a lack of funding is causing enrollment issues and preventing the recruitment of high-quality instructors. The Computing Students Association, or COMSA, brought the funding issue to light in December 2022 when they launched a petition imploring the Faculty of Arts and Science to allocate more funds to the School of Computing. The petition highlighted the size of the incoming class nearly doubled from 250 students in 2021 to 460 students in 2022, which has led to enrollment issues in required courses and concerns about the ability to handle the increased student population. The School of Computing must expand its roster of permanent faculty members, according to the Computing Undergraduate Chair Yu Zhan Chen. Chen also added that the discontinuation of artificial intelligence courses like deep learning, as well as the absence of a course dedicated to natural language processing, is a sign that the school needs more funding. In other news, the AMS Food Bank and Sexual Assault Center Kingston, or SAC, are both seeking a spot on the SGPSB referendum ballot. The AMS Food Bank is looking to increase its SGPS fee to $4 in order to provide patrons with the same level and quality of reliable food in rising costs. SAC provides counseling services, advocacy, and survivor-centric resources to the Kingston community and students, and the funds from the SGPS student activity fee go towards supporting positions that keep wait times as low as possible and provides professional opportunities to graduate students. That's all the headlines for today. Now over to sports. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and it's time for your CFRC Sports Roundup. First, tickets for the 35th Car Harris Cup are now on sale on Ticketmaster. Celebrating the world's oldest hockey rivalry between Queen's University and the Royal Military College. The match is set to take place at 7.30pm Thursday, February 2nd at the Leon Center. 
Prior to the pandemic, the 34th Car Harris Cup was played in front of a record crowd of 4,121 people. This is not an event that you want to miss. Tickets are available on Ticketmaster and live coverage will be provided by CFRC. The men's hockey team has a home game this Saturday against the Nipissing Lakers. The game marks the Gales' annual teddy bear toss. Teddies can be purchased for $5 each at the game and all proceeds will go to the University Hospital Kingston Foundation. Puck drop is at 7.30. If you can't make the game, tune into CFRC for live coverage. The plot thickens as the Ottawa GGs claim first in the U Sports Women Basketball Rankings with a 13-0 record and Queens moves to second with a 12-0 record. In the men's rankings, they are currently fourth, also right behind the Ottawa GGs. This weekend, both teams have two important home games. On Friday, the Gales are playing the Windsor Lancers for the OUA Anti-Racism Awareness Game. The women's team plays at 6 o'clock and the men start at 8 o'clock. On Saturday, both teams face off against the Western Mustang for the Bell Let's Talk game. The women's team once again starts at 6 o'clock and the men start at 8 o'clock. Both games are being played in the Arc Main Gym. For tickets, please go to GoGalesGo.com. On that note, that's all for your CFRC Sports Update. Now over to Chris and Chancellor with a community update. Thank you, Zayden. My name is Chance, and this is your CFRC Community Update. Today, I was joined by Astrid Hobel, president of PSAC 901, to discuss the mental health and hardship bursary that has just recently been announced by the union. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me on today, Chance. And PSAC 901, do you mind telling our audience what groups that covers as a union? Of course. So PSAC 901 is the local that represents graduate students, professional students, and uh, postdoctoral fellows on campus. For graduate students and professional students, it's particularly those who are doing teaching assistant uh, work, teaching fellowships, and research assistant work. And PSAC 901 has recently put out a bursary. Um, do you mind letting our audience know what the bursary is exactly? So we have a new bursary. We actually have a few different bursaries, but this is the latest the one that we've latest one that we have just rolled out. It is a mental health and hardship bursary uh, that we were able to obtain during our bargaining process last year for a new collective agreement. And this bursary, who would be applicable for this bursary? So any of our members who are teaching assistants, teaching fellows, or Research assistants are eligible for this bursary. And what types of conditions have led to this bursary uh, coming up? Uh, you said it was a, a mental health-related bursary. Do you mind letting our audience know what you mean by that? So this is a mental health-related bursary, uh, and it covers a manner of different things that would not necessarily already be covered by the university, or uh, it would also cover things that the university just does not have sufficient resources to deal with currently. Um, we have been seeing, especially since the pandemic, although we even saw this far before, that mental health uh, is something that really is affecting a number of our members. Uh, as graduate students, we, are, we have very limited funds and we are also under a huge amount of pressure to get a lot of research out as well at the same time as to support uh, research by faculty and both teach and assist in teaching on campus. This large workload uh, then falls to us and it affects our mental health. Yet, however, Queens does not seem uh, particularly interested in providing us sufficient support uh, 
to help everyone. Would you say it was a difficult process in order to get this bursary in place, or did it seem like it was common sense? I really wish it was common sense. Unfortunately, as the union, we had to push incredibly hard. It was one of those things that was kind of at the very last minute we were able to secure it. Um, I think we have demonstrated through different surveys of our membership over the last few years, as well as just uh, an audit of what is available on campus for graduate student mental health services, that this is a, that more mental health supports are very needed. The SGPS also has a mental health bursary that they were uh, that they have had operating the last two years, and from the sounds of it, that is also being highly used by their membership, uh, which shows you just how necessary these bursaries are. And and for those who are listening, how much money is within the bursary? So currently, we have one hundred twenty thousand over two years, so sixty thousand per year. And graduate students, uh, graduate student workers, are entitled to apply for up to five hundred dollars per term. Is there anything that you would like uh, maybe Kingston at large to know more about when it comes to uh, mental health and members of PSAC nine hundred one? I think that. Often we think that kind of graduate students have an easy, easy time of things because, you know, you get to just go in and do your research. But I think what people don't understand is that we have had uh, graduate student stipends that have not gone up in over a decade often uh, or even further as the cost of living crisis has continued to worsen over the years. It means that most graduate students are now living in states of precarity in which they're working in far too many jobs or are relying on food banks and other things in order to be able to get through the day and be able to um, have enough to eat and have a roof over their heads. Uh, Graduate students are increasingly living in terrible housing situations, as we know are a number of Kingstonians throughout town as rent just soars to the roof. And the fact that this affects everyone's mental health and we need kind of more support than that is something that we're really starting to see across the board. Thank you so much for joining us today, Astrid. Thank you very much. I would like to thank Astrid Hobel for the interview today. My name is Chance. This has been your community update. And now over to Alex with the weather. Thank you so much. Tonight will be mainly cloudy with winds up to 15 kilometers an hour. The low will be minus 6 with the wind chill making it feel like minus 10 overnight. Tomorrow, Thursday, January 19th will be cloudy with snow or ice pellets beginning in the afternoon. There will be a risk of freezing rain late in the afternoon. Wind becoming northeast will be 30 kilometers an hour gusting to 50 in the morning. The high will be minus 2 with wind chill minus 13 in the morning and minus 8 in the afternoon. At night, there will be periods of snow with a low of minus 2. And now let's jump into our traffic report for the week. Public Services and Procurement Canada wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on the LaSalle Causeway for maintenance work during the following periods, Tuesday, January 17th from 9.30am to 3pm and Wednesday, January 18th from 9.30am to 3pm. During these periods, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Two flag people will be on site to direct traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Public Services and Procurement Canada encourages users to exercise caution when traveling on the bridge and thanks them for their patience. Some road closures that will be in effect this week. Lower Brewer Swing Bridge is of course closed until further notice. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until January 31st. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until January 31st at 7pm. 
for the Queen's John Deutsch University Centre project. Wellington Street from Brock to Princess will be closed on Wednesday, January 18th from 6am to 7pm for a crane setup to hoist material and equipment to 94 Princess Street. And Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until January 31st, 2023 for construction staging for 11 Wright Crescent. Please note that access to Wright Crescent will be through the north intersection of Wright Crescent and Palace Road. The School Streets Initiative is still in place. The following streets are closed from 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. on weekdays until June 29, 2023. Macdonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. The following street will be closed from 3.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. every Monday until August 28, 2023. Thomas Street from Cowdy to Patrick. Some other delays that you can expect, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect delays due to construction to improve drainage, construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone, Jackson Mills Road near the KMP Trail is reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions, the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway has been closed. In regards to the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway, the city has closed access to the pathway at the foot of Mowat Avenue and Young Street and east of Lake Watch Lane to accommodate pathway and shoreline improvements. That's your traffic report and now we're going to throw it over to Mary with some events for the week that you can check out. Thank you so much. I'm Mary McKetty and this is your events calendar for the week. On Wednesday and all the way until February 4th, be sure to visit the Union Gallery to check out Suzanne's Closet's preview exhibition. Student and professional artists from the Cataraqui, Kingston region, and beyond donate artworks towards Union Gallery's largest annual fundraiser. The Union Gallery is located on the main floor of Stauffer Library. Coming up on Thursday, we have the Kingston Climate Change Symposium being held virtually from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. This event has free registration and speakers such as the Honorable Catherine McKenna, the former Environment and Climate Change Minister, and Paul Taylor, the executive of Food Share Toronto, will gather to discuss the various impacts of climate change. Be sure to register at sustainablekingston.com. Next up, from Saturday to Sunday, the New Generation Conference will take place at the New Medical Building on Queen's Campus. It starts at 9.30 on Saturday and 9.45 on Sunday, with $80 tickets available online at newgeneration.com. That's N-E-U generation.com. If you're interested in attending a neuroscience-based student-run conference, this event is for you. To wrap up, just a quick reminder that the ad drop period for winter term courses ends this Friday, so make sure to finalize your course selections by this date. I'm Mary McKetty, and those are all the events that we're highlighting for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the CFRC's news programming. If you ever have a news story or tip to share, please reach out to news at cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more programming coming up next. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.